Okay, so welcome back to not welcome back ulitin ko. What's up everyone? This is Ray Baguio and you're listening to Digitally Matters, a podcast for anything digital that really matters to you and your business. Let's start the show. When can you say that your social media content is effective? So how how can you tell whether the social media content is effective? Okay. That's actually a good question. I learn more about how social media works and how how brands need to do social media effectively. And considering that almost everyone now is is doing social media uh, marketing, I got down to certain realization. And part of it is that in terms of making your social media content effective, it really depends on the intention or the goal of your content or your presence online. Let's say if the specific content that you're you're publishing on your page, for example, if you want to gather or if your intention for that is to generate a lot of leads to your online store, even if you have tons of or, or good numbers of engagement on that post, let's say you have thousands of likes or thousands of shares and comments on that specific post but if since you have the the link to your online um, store indicated or included in that post if you don't get any single uh, single uh, click or visit to your site then I would consider that social media content as not effective based on the intention of that content so it would really depend on the intention of the content or of your action or activity in in social media. I agree with you. Like I've noticed, because um, I do SEO as well, um, like there's an, a portion in Google Analytics that tells you how you acquired your customer. Yes. So if you're trying to get more clicks to your website or more um, site visits, then you know you'd see the chart and you'd say like oh i have like uh, 20% visits from uh to my website just because of my social media and um yeah so if that percentage um if your goal or if the client's goal is to have a better social media um what they call this presence or clicks to the website mm-hmm. then that's another way of checking whether you're successful on the the goal or not yes. but as you mentioned it depends because you know like uh, a social media content if you say that you know it's effective um, because based on the number of conversions like how many people actually signed up for let's say a free PDF or, um, or an event. a free template or something like that so I, I agree with you it does depend on um, your KPI as we call it like the metric that you want to um, to measure get. yes so True. yeah thanks so much for that like you know sometimes it varies because sometimes you see a lot of, of content has as you've mentioned a thousand a thousand likes and a thousand engagement but it does nothing yes it's just basically entertainment but doesn't really achieve what what the customer really or what the client really wants for that content yes so yeah, this, sure. that's really something that you know when you create a social media content you have to base uh, you have to create it depending on the goal is that right that's uh, right yes according to the intention okay. of that activity or that the post intent. yeah yeah exactly okay that's awesome 
Okay, so um, second question is, do you follow certain steps to create a content? Do you have like a step one, step two, step three, you know, like, um, you know, like a step-by-step process to create um, the content that you have for your clients, a, a set certain rule or whatever? Yes, yes. As much as uh, it always varies uh, per client or per project, I always have like a set of simple I follow a simple process in terms of creating content uh, for that particular client. The, f- the first and, and crucial uh, part of this process is setting the tone. Then next is um, I research on similar or relevant content um, if there is available. And then I look out, uh, I mean, uh, I ask the client of their existing resources, uh, whatever they have, like a persons or resource persons in there and their in their organization, or if they have articles, or if they have marketing articles or collab- collaterals that we can use for for some inspiration uh, for our content, and then we draft the content, and then we have it reviewed by the client, then we have it scheduled, then mo- we monitor the and promote the the content as well. Um, we don't stop at just scheduling and posting or publishing the the content. We monitor and promote it, and then we tweak it a bit, um, just to make sure. We will um, in our next in our future content for for that uh, particular client, uh, we will have a better um, content, so to speak. I see. So the strategy is really like experimenting. Eventually, like once you find, because I think I agree with you. Sometimes the first steps that I also take is ask the client if there's um, a social media page that they want to quote unquote imitate. Yes. Like they like the content, they like the tone that like, mm-hmm. as you've mentioned, True. um, they like the posts, they like how the content is and that, you know, like this, if the, if the page has the same goals as they do and the resources as well, and then tweaking it because again, marketing is, you know, you have to experiment all the time, yes. which one works and which doesn't. It's evolving. Yes. So that, that's actually a really good, um, step-by-step, um, process that you have there, Ray. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, really good. Really good. I, I'm learning. <laughs> I'm learning a lot. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so the next question I have is, um, do you have, do you have a set social media calendar template or do you just create one as you go? Like, do you just like, um, cause I, I feel like, you know, there are a lot of clients that ask me like, Oh, you need to have a social, do you have a social media template? But the problem that I have with that is that, um, yeah, I have a social media template, but I'm not sure if that works for the tone. Like, as you've mentioned, do you follow a certain, or have you created a social media calendar template on a particular niche or you just create as you go? Well, first of all, I agree with you. It really depends on the client. And even if I do have like a social media calendar or a template for for that for the creation of the content, it would still I would still need to consider the the limitations and the strengths of the client because some clients are not really particular in terms of monitoring what our team is doing or my team is doing, and there are clients who want to know the nitty gritty and and what's been happening uh, uh, daily or or weekly and wants to um, you know um, get into into the process itself but some clients are really lenient and they just want the results and especially if they're not really familiar with what we're doing if they look at it they approve it and then that's fine with them but uh, as a template I as a default I use Trello um, for uh, as a, as a uh, social media calendar because 
simply because it's simple, it's easy to navigate, and can you it, share? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, it varies. It varies. The, the the steps I mentioned to you a while ago, the setting of the so uh, the tone, the the research, that's actually going to reflect on the Trello um, board that I use, and I tweak it every now and then. Almost every time I have a client, I tweak it a bit based on um, the, the representative the client would uh, allow us to include in that uh, Trello board. Let's say, for example, they have their own graphics uh, uh, person or they have their own videographer or they have their own writer. So we need to tweak the, the, the process so that we can accommodate and make the, the client's representative feel welcome in, in that board and not just me and my team. So I customize the the uh, color preferences according to the client's capability. So Trello is the default, but sometimes I use, especially for local clients, they're more particular or more familiar with um, tables. So I use Google Calendar, or not, not Google Calendar, but Google, um, how to call this, Spreadsheet. Yes, we, we use yeah, that as a yeah, media calendar. Yeah. But there are limitations. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, for spreadsheets, there are limitations. I'm not really fond of of spreadsheets myself and another reference or another option though is Airtable I also have a customized calendar or content calendar through or using the Airtable um, app or, or or platform and it's also that's really interesting yeah it's better than I would think it's better than just a normal spreadsheet on Google that's true. I'm gonna check that out later. That's very interesting because I've I haven't really heard of Airtable, but yeah, it's sometimes good. like it's something, like a social media calendar or a social media template is something that's really hard to nail. Hmm. But you know, since you've been working on this for seven years now, I trust that you already have one because you've learned along the way. That's why it's, that's the reason why you're the guest, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of, of reference or or, or um, platforms out there, but. Trello and Airtable and Google Calendar are are really reliable for me. And it can, so far, based on the clients that I've worked with, at least they prefer one among the, the three I mentioned. They, they, oh, oh, there's another thing. Trello's there's, really good. There's a new Trello's one, uh, a new one I'm using. I also use ClickUp. And you will also love ClickUp if you manage uh, projects, not just social media wow. projects but also other projects as well. It's really good too. Okay, just typing it right now, so I'm gonna check it later. Okay, uh, quite last, uh, next question would be, do you ever curate content? And if so, uh, what are the criterias that you use to create content in a business page? But before you answer that question, like, can you explain further what curating means? Like, okay. you know, you've mentioned earlier. Okay. Um, to put it simply, especially for my clients who are not familiar with curated content and unique content, what I tell them is um, when we talk about unique content, this is the content we create from scratch within the organization or content that your company or your business already have um, inside your, your business or your brand or your company. So let's say um, a sales uh, deck or a sales pitch or an infographic you're your marketing um, person created for for a particular presentation for for your clients or customers, those are unique content. And even the 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 ones we create from scratch. Let's say if we want to write a a an article about you, that will you you task 
us to write that article, then that's unique content for 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 the brand. But when when you say when you talk about curated content, it's content by others. But since it's related to or somehow related to your your industry, your brand, or what you stand for, you can actually use that content, piggyback on the content's uh, credibility or authority or or following or popularity, so to speak, and then piggyback on that and make your brand stand out or be associated with that type of content. Say, for example, um, if you're you're a bakery your your company or your business is a bit you're a bakery you can you can um, curate content from your customers existing customers let's say if they bought pandesal from you just early this morning and then it's it's hard to to get by or or pandesal a good pandesal delicious pandesal is is very difficult to find these days and when they tasted it they just can't help but Take a picture on it and of, of it, I and then posted it on on Instagram, and they got a good following. Then you can actually piggyback or piggyback piggyback on 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 that um, content, and then tag it or ask permission from that um, customer, and then um, use it on your social media or post it on your social media uh, page or something, and then just credit or or tag the the said customer. You would want that because. The customer would love it, and the followers of your customer, especially if uh, that person is uh, some kind of an influencer or or popular in, in among his crowd, then they would also see that you are engaging. Your brand is engaging with yeah, your customers. True. Yeah, that's really good advice. I think the other one that we've mentioned earlier as well is that. Um, if in case, because sometimes like when I talk to clients and say like, why don't we curate content? The first thing that comes up with uh, to their heads would be like, I don't want to curate content from a competitor. And it's mm-hmm. not like, oh, you don't have to curate content from competitors because there are content out there. Like, for example, if you're an, an accountant and like here in Australia, we have like uh, an, an announcement from the government mm-hmm. that we can have the stimulus package like that. Um, that announcement can be a curated content to your page and say like, hey, there are stimulus packages that is being given away by the government right now. If you need help, you know, to um, apply for the uh, stimulus package and contact me, you know, something like that. That that can be like a really good uh, curated content. It's not a direct competitor, but it's information that is useful uh, in your industry that he can use to your advantage. That's true. So that's I think true. that's the other thing. Um, and I believe um, being, curated content. being that you're in the SEO um, field or area, you know how important it is uh, in terms of keywords, right? So it's also true. relevant that uh, when you create content, um, you consider the relevance and the credibility of, of that um, source. And also if what they're using, the keywords they're using, is also um, somehow associated with the keywords you use or or you want to to rank for. I'm not I'm not quite sure about the details in terms of SEO. You, that's your expertise, but it can help with your. It does help. Yes, yeah. it, it can. Okay, thank you. That's really good advice, Ray. <laughs> I, I forgot about that. You know, because SEO is like 
on-page activity and exactly. off-page activities. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, there are clients who would be like, why aren't there any changes to my website? But it's kind of like, yeah, there won't be any changes on your website because SEO doesn't mean that we're going to change. We're not web developers. You know, we're not yes. web designers or something like that. We yeah. don't change your um, you know, your your landing pages, photos for, for some unknown reason. We just make sure that we go and uh, the the on page or the the website itself contains the keywords, and then we go to different pages and uh, build uh, different links, like to link back to your website, so that you can have a better ranking. So you know, Facebook and uh, any other social media, um, uh, what they call platforms, platforms yeah. is the best way to do SEO off page activities because they oh, have. Cool like really good domain authorities and page authorities but that would be for another for another uh, session. <laughs> episode <laughs> yeah. okay but yeah the the last question that i have is how can you make people engage with posts and you know it's something that is interesting i would really like to know your answer right <laughs> okay well um here are some of the things that i always consider when i create content for not just for the client but also for my audience I make sure that I involve relevant people if appropriate. Let's say if it has something to do with SEO or has something to do with keywords, then I tag or, or ask the, the, the opinion of someone I know. Let's say you, uh, Charlotte, and then I will tag you or I will interview or, or ask questions from you and then get your, get your, uh, your opinion about it. Then I also consider building on emotional triggers. This is actually important for me. Over the years, I realized that if I rely too much on the, the best practices or, or what others are doing, then I will always be uh, looking for something or be, always be chasing for that um, particular tool, particular strategy, tactic that others are, are having success with uh, in terms of social media engagement. But if I'm not um, really familiar or I, I don't include or consider emotional triggers, then it won't really, whatever content that I create, it won't have an effect. I won't be able to encourage people to engage because it doesn't relate to them. It doesn't resonate with them. So emotional triggers like angry about certain topic or they're happy about a certain um, situation or a certain word or whatever that involves triggering their emotions or behaviors. I love that word triggered. <laughs> yeah, triggered. I agree yeah, with you. You need to trigger I them. Yeah. In a way, trigger them in a way that um, it doesn't have to be always positive though. If you want to trigger them to be angry about something, you don't want them to be angry about your brand. You want them to be angry to be triggered enough to engage with your content that you stand for. It could, it yeah, could to, to, yeah. to start making them think. Yes, right? it's, exactly. Because sometimes when people say, oh, I'm triggered, it doesn't mean that you're angry or something. Yes, it just yes. makes you like, hey, that's not right. I think it's exactly. the other way around. Or, you know, I think that, you know, if you do this or if you say it this way, you know, like then you get that reaction from them. You, know, you get the emotional trigger going. So I think like sometimes I agree with you, the triggering of someone's emotion for them to think about um, something and make them feel um, something about towards a brand 
uh, that's a really good thing. Sometimes yes, yes. I, I, you know, like that's one of the struggles that I have because sometimes it'll be like, oh, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I'm currently doing like a lawyer's Facebook page, but I don't know what to, uh, to put in in there. And, you know, like those are the trigger factor is kind of like difficult because this, the topics can be sensitive sometimes. Yes. And, and you um, need to also, sorry to cut you, but you need to also, um, you don't, you don't need, you don't have to stop from triggering people after you trigger them. You need to also uh, partner it or, or marry, marry it with involving them in the conversation, involve your audience. Like um, one good thing, uh, one effective thing to do is ask them questions about the one you are um, making or, or getting them triggered about. So ask them questions, ask their, their answers, ask for their opinion. The recognize their value that um, their, what they have in mind, their comment is actually valuable for this conversation that you just started on your page. So make them contribute. Make them feel that uh, whatever. Don't leave them hanging. Yes, kind of like that's when it. you ask a question and then you just let them react and then they don't get the reaction back from you. It's kind of like an, an awkward conversation. Yeah, it's no longer a conversation. That would be just like. Yeah, it's no longer a conversation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. Okay. Well, that's it. Thank you so much, uh, Ray. There's like one more question, like any other advice or tips or any question that deserves an answer that you want to uh, talk to me about, like discuss uh, during this uh, webinar? Well, just one thing, I think. I, I have a lot of things to say, but thing is, uh, one important matter that I would want everyone to consider, especially during this uh this uh, challenging times um, during the pandemic where everyone is really um, scrambling for for how they can make sense of everything and they don't know where to start how to or what what they need to do next to make their brand or their business um, survive or at least grow in spite of the limitations they have right now what I always encourage them is to go back to the reason why they started that business and then from there move out or um, expand if let's say you want to cater to a certain um, category uh, a certain market a certain type of customers and then try to understand that cust uh, that that uh, segment and then understand their pain points and then see if from what you already have, the strengths that you already have, your organization, uh, personally, and the resources that you have, if there is something that you can do right now to alleviate or to address what your customers, ideal or existing, are actually feeling right now. So instead of looking at your own business or looking inside, look at the people or the, the clients that are going to be crucial in making your business grow in spite of the crisis. Now you don't, that's actually uh, one of, one very important um, thing to consider, especially I get questions. I just recently got a question asking me for some advice on how their brand can still continue to, to be present online and yet be sensitive about uh, what's happening. So, one way of doing that is to know the uh, the audience, how your audience is feeling, how your clients or customers are actually feeling right now. What are their pain points? 
what are uh, what are their challenges and then if you start from there then create your content around that then you're already somehow being sensitive to what they are experiencing and then just instead of um, integrating your your or pushing uh, sales your sales pitch right away just wait for them to engage with you and anyways if you engage with them if you make them feel relevant then they will know it's your brand it's no one else because no one else is actually um, reaching out to them or understand or trying to understand what they're feeling right now so I think that's 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 one thing I, I want to pound on um, in terms of um, what brands can do yeah that's really good advice that's really good advice and also because it's like you know um, we're all at home for the past few weeks this is like the best time to re-strategize to to hear your customers out probably Mm -hmm. send out um, polls or surveys or something like that to really understand that your target market and yeah like um to hear to listen to what they want i think that that's really good advice and to make yourself um stand despite of the situation um so yeah is there anything else you want to say ray no i just want to thank you for this opportunity (laughs) for having me here yeah, I, I have a baby shark uh, on my background. <laughs> so funny. But yeah, thank you so much, Ray, for um for doing this with me. Like I apologize for any like problems earlier. No, but yeah, okay. like it it's been a really good talk and I've learned so much from you. So yeah, um and probably next time we can schedule another one but uh for a different topic yeah sure and um yeah thank you so much for uh being with me today Ray. welcome yeah. thank you
So that wraps up our show. That's it for now, and thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you'll join me again next time here on Digitally Matters. This has been Ray Baggio, and until next time, ciao.